We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. There, there we, there we are. So, yeah. <laughs> there was a slight delay in the startup. It's because my computer is a fucking ancient. And prehistoric. I need it, and I need a new one. It's not prehistoric. Hers is prehistoric. Mine oh. is just an antique. It's just, yeah. All right. Vintage. Hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome to the Pragmatic Doula's Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. We Morning. are so glad that you're here. I and love it when you go into your NPR voice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> National Public excited. Radio. Yes. I'm Suzanne Lim, and this is the Pragmatic Duelist Podcast. <laughs> Did she watch Criminal? Criminal? Mine? The Criminal Podcast? She, she, the lady says, I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so right. yeah, so welcome. That welcome. Level of dead there might be amazing. some swearing in this podcast. There will certainly be swearing. There will mm-hmm. be farting. Some burping. Why would today be any different? Some farting. I had dairy last night. Yeah. Right. 36 episodes in, why would this be any different? <laughs> if you watch the live video... Oh, by the way, let's just remind them all. Let them know. Yeah. In the few minutes before we start the podcast, we do a little live video. It's new, so it's new. don't it's only, panic. We've only you been doing it a couple of weeks. But just here's your invitation. To an Instagram Live. Instagram Live. You can just watch us get ready to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Candid action. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fun. And uh, so next Thursday morning, Thursdays is when we record. So Thursday morning, just before 10 o'clock. Yeah. Just keep an eye out and you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You get Mm -hmm. to see our beautiful, tired faces. Mm -hmm. So do I look 20 years younger? Because when I went, before I went to bed last night, my son made me do a whole skincare thing. thing. Um, Because I, look. What was involved? Um, what was involved? So I washed it with a cleanser. That's always a good there was to start. a toner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a serum. Uh huh. And then there was a moisturizer. Yes. So that's, that's what I do. I was. In, I don't stuff. wash my, my face routine. before I go to bed. <laughs> I never have in the forty-nine years that I've been on this planet. I'm a morning washer because I've been rolling my face around in my pillow all night. I wash my face first thing in the morning. I don't even do that. But if you wash your face at night, your pillow's clean. Well, you sweat at night, your hair is still there, uh, whatever was in your hair gets on your face. So what I do is I do that mm-hmm. at night, after all day of being out in the world, mm-hmm. but then in the morning, I don't feel like I need to, I rinse. Oh, okay, I so rinse I rinse moist- at night, I wipe I my rinse face and moisturize okay. so you guys in the morning, thinking. yeah, because I feel like it's, it hasn't been long enough and I haven't been doing anything except lying in my bed. Mm-hmm. And my pillows are pristine, so <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. Sweat. I just wash when I take a shower. <laughs> so, do you feel? Does it feel different after doing that um, fancy? I mean, I will admit, yes. I mean, well, after it was originally done, like at ten o'clock at night, yeah, yeah. I actually thought I looked better because yes. I looked fucking haggard <laughs> when I got home from work last night. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done anything in the morning. But my son is very into the sort of. Uh, Korean skincare oh, it's my stuff. my daughter's thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a new... Are they st- selling that at Scarborough U of T? Because... No, there's... I mean, they no, both he's go to always, that school. Yeah. And he's... Uh, what's happening? So I think there's a new Korean skincare shop opening up at Scarborough Town Center. Oh. So he's very delighted Yeah, 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 there that. is. Yeah. There is. 
Well, I use, this is not a plug. They ain't giving me any money. I gotta say. But if you want to. But if they want to, I they will. want to give us some free products. I'm using, I use, and I've, I'm, I've ordered the stuff and I'm not finished it yet, but I love the, the, what are they called? The Abnormal Company. Right. Some of their things are called the Ordinary. Some of yes. them are called Will uses the Abnormal. The ordinary stuff. Yeah. And they have a line for, uh, they, it does not stop burping. <laughs> Those products do, do not, not stop prevent burping. burping. Um, but they do. And what anyways, what I've learned from using these products, which I, I might have been able to learn otherwise without the products, is that freaking hydration and moisturization yeah. is mm -hmm. the answer to your skin looking good, especially when you are over 40. Well, if you look, pile on the moisturizer, you're automatically going to look 50% better. Like, I, we were talking last night with my hands. Like, I don't look like I have 50-year-old hands. Mm -hmm. And I do. And I think I that think is do. because I moisturize my hands like fucking crazy oh, because yeah. I'm washing them constantly. constantly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not that I have OCD or anything, but just in birth. But mm -hmm. so, yeah. So I'm hoping that I look 20 years younger. Your skin does look fresh. Does it? Like, it does. It, it looks like maybe, yeah. so did you use uh, like any, the cleanser that has like little beads or anything in nope. it? Or, no? no, he doesn't like those. Okay. Do what I will it? say, absolutely. This is, I'm not even joking. The whatever lines you had over there, I'm looking and I don't see them anymore. I think, yeah, like I think it helped. So, yeah, when your I skin is dry, been, you, you, it oh, increases. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, when you plump it up with hydration, it fills out. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. my son's almost 20, mm -hmm. and the people that he, so he just got a job at the yeah! fish and chip shop. That's um, right. They thought he was 16. Uh, well, I, he has like skin that looks sort of like fresh dewy. churned butter. Yeah, dewy, oh, yeah. very dewy. Yeah, that's his that's his goal. So is you, dewy he is skin, achieving. So it. I need to I need to copy that advice. guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So how's everybody else? I'm 20 years younger. Everybody else is feeling good. Feeling you're feeling a little bit better from a massive period. Yes, massive period is over. Dairy is in, so I'll be Friday today. Other okay. than that, I'll be back to normal by this afternoon. Perfect, excellent. And speaking of periods, I will say this is um, this is the week what, that marks the end of my year-long what you, menopause. So you are after you hit one year with no period, it is now menopause. Is that right? No, no. I think it means menopause is over. over. You're in the. You've done the transition. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm done. I so did. So what's perimenopause? Then? The, all those fucking years before you start missing periods when you're having hot flashes uh, and you're skipping okay. and you're late and you're irritable and you're going crazy. I have read and read so many different definitions and none of them make sense no. because then what's postmenopause? Freedom. Like, is menopause like just that one day before? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, so that doesn't make any sense. So, to me, I've made, okay, I'm totally making this up, but I believe it. It makes sense to me. Sure. Perimenopause means before menopause, right? Yeah. So, in my mind, you're not actually missing any cycles yet, but things are wonky. They're yeah. longer, they're shorter, they're heavier, they're lighter, they're hot flashes you're late, come, you're early, your hot flashes, you have night sweats, you have all those symptoms, yeah. but your cycle, is just starting to do Get strange wonky. things. Yeah. When you actually start missing entire periods, yeah. then you are in menopause in my mind. Right. But you have to go one whole year with no periods to be out of that, then you're postmenopause. Doesn't that make sense? Okay, I'll go with that. that so I'm postmenopause too. Yeah. Okay. So this is it. This is 
This is the that was last September. But I will say the hot flashes didn't go away. No, the, and I, they I, don't, and they often don't because the hormones are still. My mom had hot flashes for years and years after. But I think that also I find my hot flashes come when I eat like shit. Yes, there are triggers. Yes, there are oh, okay. triggers. Sure, hormone triggers. Cool. Coffee near any of that shit. So, anyways, that's my thing this week. Woohoo! Yay! I'm Yay! Now, officially a crone. All right. Yeah. So, Two crones and what are you, mother? Blood flood. Blood flood. Blood You're the blood queen. Vampire buffet. I don't know. Blood queen. <laughs> Vampire. Mm-hmm. Do we have Vampire any doula buffet. things to talk about today, or what? Collectives and agencies. Doula so. collectives and doula agencies. Yeah. yeah so we always hear cli- uh, doulas in a lot of the groups. Big question is always, how do I get clients? Um, how do I find other doulas besides yeah. online? Mm-hmm. Right. right. We can find anything you want online as Suzanne rubs a hot flash cold, 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 cold pack on her face. On her face. Oh, if you've got another one, sure. Yeah. Yeah. How do we do that? Again, building that community for yourself mm-hmm. have, and your business all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that there's so many different ways to meet other doulas, which will also help, I think, start your career. Or to work with other doulas. There's lots of ways to put that around the to do that. Oh, God. Heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. All right. Yes. But, I mean, that's not to say that that's, like, being in an agency or being in a collective is necessary. Because you can absolutely still be a sole proprietor yes, as well. Yes, and be independent. And, yeah. your own. <coughs> and you can be a sole proprietor and be in a collective. That's right. Which is kind of what we that's did. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh. give me give me some definitions. What's... What is the definition of a doula agency? Did, so did you need my, to do research for this or no? My so my belief, and I could be completely wrong. I don't know. <laughs> my belief is that an agency is where these doulas are hired into that particular group, um, and there's usually like competition clauses and stuff where yep. they can't go get their own yes. business and things like that, and where they are paid as employees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the client pays a certain amount, and then the agency will pay the doula a certain amount, uh-huh. right. making a profit. So that's not what we do at the Toronto Doula Group, because uh-huh. I can't wrap my head around any of that business stuff. Uh-huh. My idea, are, like the idea was that we are a collective, where we are many doulas that work in their own individual stuff, but there's also the idea that if work comes up and you are available, then okay and you just pay a referral fee so there's no there's no payroll or anything like that which i can't there's no t4 there's no, no we don't they're do, not employees that's right of we don't use their own contracts and whatnot are my job when the stuff comes in is just to farm it out to whoever happens to be available that's and right. set up the interviews and they basically do that then on their own and the yeah. goal of that, when we started doing that, was also, it, we've always been relatively small. Like, what, yeah. I, what I would consider yeah. small. Like, just a handful of doulas kind of, yeah. often in transition. Yeah. Um, doulas who are looking to go solo, so to mm-hmm. be a sole proprietor and want to build their own base of people. Yeah. But in that in-between, having the referral system and someone to call for a backup and another community to talk in. Because we've always had... Um, a group chat, we've, whether yeah. it's been on in BlackBerry or on a Facebook page, we've always had a group chat that involves everybody. So if you have a question, if you have something coming up, if you have a 
contract issue, if you have a client issue, or if you just want to celebrate something great that you did, mm -hmm. everyone could come together. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. like over the years, we've had doulas that are now just so busy themselves, and now they're no longer part of the collective because they just have their own self-sustaining businesses now. That's so right. So we bring in, again, it's sort of like an ebb, ebb and flow of like newer doulas and then older doulas sort of filtering out. And I kind of like that idea because then it gives those newer doulas actual work um, that you know isn't necessarily at lower prices and things like that, though we do have that too. Um, and there is a referral fee, so it's not yeah. like it's yeah, just yeah. a collective in, no, no. You, in you coming. Yeah, so I was figured you guys, the, what, the your thing that you have set up mm -hmm. is like in, in between. What do you mean? In between an agency and a collective? Mm -hmm. So a, 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 there's a collective in the sense of just a group of doulas. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Toronto Doula Group Collective. So those who kind of filter in and filter out, I guess, like some sort of a commune. Um, but everyone kind of... <laughs> puts in a particular service in order to be part of that commune. And that just yeah. happens to be a percentage of whatever contract comes through us so that we can continue to put more information out there on the Toronto. Yeah, it, it, it pays for the, yeah. it basically but, just but pays for the, the website. In my yeah. mind, a collective, everybody chips in a certain amount of work. That's right. So and then Kim, everybody shares the, no, I mean everybody. Oh, literally. So if there yeah. are 10 doulas, everybody chips in X amount of money for advertising or for right. upkeep of the website or right. if you guys all decide together to do a baby show or something, that it's ah. a collective Decision effort. Decision-making. we did it that. like a pure and a true collective where an agency is owned by one, one person or, or a group of yeah, people. I guess we are. And then everybody else is an... It, and everybody else isn't like an employee of the agency. Yeah. So that's why I mean like you guys seem like you're in, in between those two models. Yeah, yeah for sure. You yeah. made your own damn thing. We made yeah. our own thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, that, and mostly that's because I have control issues. And the idea of running an agency kind of, we did discuss. And an agency, agency scares the fucking crap out of me. Yeah. Like, no, you keep going. You should have. No. <laughs> I keep planting the seed. trying to put it. No. Be, you know, no. we've talked about no. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing either one. My my heart is more pulled to a collective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't have. I'm. I think it's cool if people are running fair agencies. Mm -hmm. Yes, because there are certainly people out there that are doing not fair agencies. Where see my my thought process is this. When people want to go into an agency or be hired by a group, I absolutely, absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. If that's where your comfort level is, where you don't have to market and you don't have to do anything, then absolutely do that. But don't sell your soul in order to do it. Don't be working for shit-ass money while somebody else sitting around not doing a whole lot is making so much money off yeah. your back that they can go on European vacations. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm pulling that out of the air. I don't know anybody if you've specifically. Gone, if you're an agency owner and you've gone to Paris recently, this is not about you. Yeah, it's not about you. We don't know you. <laughs> um, so who is an agency good for? It's an agent, an agency would be good for someone who is. Brand new. Mm -hmm. Brand new doulas who are looking good. for experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is 100. I did that. Mm -hmm. I did that for a long, long time. Um, and got tons of experience. Absolutely. I was not restricted from getting my own I would never have worked for anybody because that goes against my core independent spirit I would never work for anybody who told me that I couldn't get my own yeah business we that. had certain things when I would go to the facility I used to have a 
car magnet mm-hmm. with my oh, business right, on yeah. it. Oh, right, yeah. And she asked me not to come to the facility with my car parked in their parking lot with a competing... Totally fair. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So I did. I would just like pull it off, yeah. throw it in the back seat, and stick it back on when I got home. Not, not a big deal. Um, also... This agency that I worked for did not offer postpartum services. So if I had a do if I had a birth client from them, I was free to sell right. all kinds of postpartum services if that's what they wanted. Right. And that's I like that kind of like freedom yeah. that you can sort of do your own thing yet still being helped. Because for me, being a doula is about support and being in this business is about supporting other doulas to rise raise them up that has Mm -hmm. always been my objective in this when i was a trainer as a mentor as you know finding work for younger doulas things like that i've that has been my goal is to raise up the next generation because i can't do this forever and the next generation has to be good at what they do and have the support that they need in order for this profession to continue and have benefited from what we created so that they hopefully will move on and carry that message forward yeah do the same thing um in welcoming newer doulas in their career into Mm -hmm. that next level as they develop their program without restriction yeah um on on how they do that and that's not to say that agency restriction contracts are wrong no it's because again a they're, they're protecting a, themselves they're the protecting agency themselves. is protecting themselves and i get it everybody has to benefit yeah mm-hmm. from whatever setup your whatever setup you set Win-win. up everybody has to everybody has to benefit so there are uh, a lot of um costs and a lot of effort that agencies Absolutely. put in in order to get you the work that they do give you so I, I i understand that absolutely and good agencies generally have things beyond referral they have ongoing trainings they yes. have yeah. socials they yeah. have education they have education yeah. um, modules they have uh outreach that they do that they do individually at shows and yeah. uh, like there's there's a lot of expense and personal time in building what someone else what a new parent will buy into in order oh, to get yeah. your services mm-hmm. absolutely um you know often people ask about doulas who are further in their career charging a little bit more they say but so-and-so over here will do the same thing for four hundred dollars less um what am i paying for that's different well you're paying for all the training that i did in the past 20 years you're paying for all the expertise i've created in the past 20 years you're can't you're paying that extra money Mm -hmm. for everything i've built Mm -hmm. that's the what you're you're paying for if you want someone who hasn't built that yet but who you had a great connection with go with it and that'll be less money for you but if you value this yeah then you would go with me and you would pay the extra money yeah and that i think that goes for agencies too who have been around for a while and built a great base and created a low turnover I think that's a great place to begin too. If you are looking to be a new doula who's going into an agency, you might want to ask what the turnover looks like. Yeah. Because if you have somebody who is turning over doulas quite often, people who mm. are leaving and mm-hmm. opting out re- regularly, you want to know why. That you, seems like a red flag. Mm-hmm. You want to look at that. That's a really good question. I never thought of that. Um, and uh, there's another thing too. Quite often, when you are with an agency, if you're with a smart agency, um, there's not only a clause around not um, not taking clients that are not. It's that? just a dog. Oh, Jack's dog. under the table. <laughs> he usually sits over there. Oh, yeah. Jack! Someone in the face. 
Yep, now he's leaving. Now he's like, <laughs> sorry, Jack. Jack. Fuck you. I'm going to sit over here on my new bed. Where it's safer. Um, you'll also not be able to say anything negative, I guess, when you leave. So what's that called? I forget. I'm losing the word. But basically when you leave a situation, um, it's you have to be very careful about what you say when you leave. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, you can't. What? Say that again. When you leave what situation? When you leave an agency that you might have had a falling out with or oh. less than good experience with and you asked to leave. Yeah, but, there's um, usually clauses about that. A clause around what you can and can't. Oh, I never heard of that. Leave. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes no, a man. lot. Of it, it why actually, that's why I'm not part of that agency. It was actually a clause in my separation agreement. That's how common this clause is. Yeah. yeah. But you can't talk talk bad about Paul. Nope. You fuck. You are canceled. You are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all we gotta do, all we gotta do, Stephanie, to get some money out of her, is to say to Paul, "Let me tell you. Let me. Tell, I can go back conversation. <laughs> I can say it to you guys. Facebook Messenger." Keeps track of all the shit we say. It, no, but to kids, Ex-husband? we're not allowed. You're not allowed to say it because it's alienation of the parent. If you yeah. create alienation of the parent, you can lose your custody. Yeah, yeah. Just that that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose it it makes sense. It's like a this excessive ass covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in every area of life, that kind of makes me feel. Really, nobody wants to live on the edge anymore. No, nobody they wants got to. Now. So what if I have an agency and an Abdullah I've had to let go goes and badmouths me? I would like to be able to defend myself and stand up and have me stand on my own reputation, hopefully. Yeah. But no, there's got to be five layers of ass covering to make sure Mm -hmm. that I am not asked to defend myself. We live in too big of a litigious society that, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go sort of the way we did things, because when they sign up with. You know, we have it listed. Like, you're not hiring somebody that I'm responsible for. Mm. You are signing their contract that doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. So if something gets fucked up, it's them. It's not on me. Yeah, it's not. It, you're under the umbrella of the referral system of the Toronto Doula Group. And there is a certain mm. level of vetting, but what oh, it is, yeah, it's absolutely. so much more personal. So Kim and I had agreed to only ever work with people that we like, we like and we feel are on the same page of yeah. how to present provide information yeah, and how to provide services mm-hmm. um, that seems fair and not excessive and not too rogue or yeah. um, people like we, we wouldn't and we've we've done this we've, de- we're made, more we've decided we're more pragmatic we've de- actively decided not to work with certain people who um, who are too out there too far away from what you consider or core values under, yes. trained under a certain organization as yeah, well mm-hmm. yeah for sure um yeah, for sure. It was just, there was too much. We didn't want any negativity coming no. out of the Toronto Doula Group when we send somebody. Or someone going in with their own, we all come in with biases, but someone coming in with their own agenda on what yeah. your birth should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we really don't, we don't really tie anyone down to certain things, but they have to agree to, you know, this is who we are, and if you agree to that, then let's do that. Yes. Then let's work together. I mean, I do want to talk about the pros and cons of, of collectives also, mm-hmm. but one thing about some agencies that really bother me, and if you are an owner of an agency, um, I don't know anybody who's an owner of an agency, either. but I've just heard about how some companies, how some agencies uh, organize themselves and how they work, and this has been a bone of contention with me. And if you've got corrections, and if you have explanations that will clarify this for me please absolutely uh, write us send send it in 
um, because the the idea that if if I'm an agency owner and I pass on a client to one of the doulas that work in my agency, that there is strict restrictions around that doula doing further work beyond what's in the contract mm-hmm. between the client and the agency, that there are strict restrictions. Like, so if they um, contacted the agency for, let's say, for postpartum night support right. things, but then the client says to the doula, you know what, we would like a little bit more, but we want to go through you and not the agency. Right. And that doula is forbidden from doing that, from getting more business from the client, that they have to direct them back to the agency. I get why the agency would do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, as somebody who this happened to constantly, mm-hmm. if you are an agency owner, you need to know that if you have good doulas, that's going to happen all the time. Yeah. That connection that you make with your clients, like any doula who's had a good relationship with a client will know what I mean. They talk to you about their sex lives, stuff that's coming out their vagina. (laughs) Who are they going to come to when they say, we want four more night support? Mm -hmm. They're not going to go to you, agency owner, sitting up there in your office. They're going to talk to the person who's coming night after night, supporting them and their baby. And one, I don't think it's necessarily fair and two, it's impossible to police that sort of thing from happening. Once the contract is over with the agency, the the client is free to do whatever they want. And unless you've got your doulas who work for your agency in like a really tight space, and that's, that's usually that's going to happen. About. Like yes, that's, they have to really keep them in a really tight space. Well, and, and that's where that non compete clause comes yeah. in, where they can't, you can't take clients that have already been with us ever ever like 10 years yeah. from now okay that I, that I don't that's yeah. stupid that's that's I would say that would be yeah that would be wrong like if, if but, but again then, often when you're in a in a in a situation with an agency all of your you're already under the constraint that all work comes with the agency means mm-hmm. that you are not off you don't even have your own contract no. you don't have contract with another agency you don't have contract or uh, your own specific agency of yourself you are employed it's like me being employed by mcdonald's um, yes but mcdonald's can't tell you not to go work for harvey's on your own time off that's true they can't or can they i don't know no crossing secrets i'm just kidding i'm just kidding yeah, no, no they but, can't <laughs> i can flip burgers wherever, wherever. i want to flip burgers think about it this way if they have a certain number of doulas that yes. work for them yes. and that contract is over they now feel that you are now available to do another contract but if you haven't if you've now gone back to that same client that they don't have, you are now no longer available to them. So now they've lost an employee, basically. Yes, but right. But the and agency, now they, now they the agency doesn't manage my time. So if I have to, I will make, as, as a grown-ass doula woman, <laughs> I can say, hmm, I can do that math myself. Oh, yeah. If I say yes to four more nights with these people, I know that agency owner you know, whatever her name is, Mary agency owner is going to call me with somebody else and I'm going to have to say no to her and that's going to look weird. I need to be able to make that that calculation yes. myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if consistently the agency owner says, well, you're not available every time I call you, you're never available. So I'm sorry, you're fired. So yes, unavailability for work from the agency is grounds to be fired. That's not, but to me, that's a separate thing from saying don't take, don't take um, extra work from clients 
because then you're not going to be available to us. That's not why. That's not the no, that's not behind, part that's of not it. the motivation behind. But in their mind, they got you this initial work. Yeah, they should still get benefit from sure from further work. And I get work. that. In reality, though, because they invested work. their time with you, and the the and the doula has fulfilled the contract. Mm-hmm. The client has fulfilled the contract. That other stuff is extra. I understand where the agencies are coming from, but it ties doulas down. And it makes it really difficult and it's impossible for them to police. Because I'll say right out, back, you know, 15 years ago when I was a doula and I worked for agencies, that happened all the time. And I am, if there was, if I didn't, if I didn't know for sure that there was going to be work coming from the agency sometime soon, I'm sorry, I have to pay my bills. I'm not going to say no to work. Exactly. And if they don't even, I've had people say, well, I don't even really want to deal with her agency owner because... (laughs) Like, who is she? We want you. We want you, and we want to give our money straight to you. We want to support you in our business, in your business, and we want you to come back and help us with our baby. That happened over and over. Was so there agency a price owners for them, for the clients to do that? Uh, well, to be fair, this agency that I work for, they paid really well. They only took a small amount of money per hour from the client. So I would just be getting that, like the full, let's say it was... $25 an hour that the clients were paying to the agency, I was getting $20 an hour right. and the agency owner was keeping $5 an hour. Right. So if I'm doing work with the clients, then I'm going to get the $25 an hour. Right. Gotcha. That, that's, that was the difference. That's the other thing that doulas need to understand, to think to themselves too, is about how much these cuts are and how much is it yeah. cutting into your, um, into your income, profits. into your yeah. profits. And... And are you willing to give up that whatever amount it are is? Are you willing to give up the ease of getting clients? Yes, and is, not that work, is that that work mm-hmm. worth it for you? I've seen At the it time, it was as much as forty to fifty percent. That's madness. It is madness. I don't Although, know if that company is still doing that, but I remember when that came up, <laughs> yeah. and, and everyone just about hit the fucking ground. Yeah. Well, I, I that that place that I worked at when I first became a doula, and um, where I got all that experience, it was almost fifty percent. They were charging at the time, so this was 2004, $900, $950 for... For a birth? For a birth. This was 2004. Shit. $950 for a birth, and In I was In 2004? Yeah. And I was paid Holy $500 shit. a birth. Which, which was time, more like what the prices were back mm-hmm. then. But it's all about who you're marketing to. But as I well. didn't know. I didn't know yeah. what doulas were. I literally was told by somebody, you should be a doula on like a Friday, Saturday. <laughs> I was registered for training because I was like, okay, I'm totally ready to do this. And, and then before I even was certified, I was hired by these people. And that's what they were. So I thought, okay, wow. 950 bucks. That's what the agency took. And let me tell you what they did. Yes, they had a big, beautiful facility, so they put lots of money into that. But in terms of doula services, people just asked. People who were um, coming to their place, they had prenatal yoga, they had massage, they had all these other things. And um, they just called me or emailed and said, do you want this, you know, somebody's due this time, come on in. And I had my consults, my interviews at the facility in the little consult room. After that... It was all me, my contract, my everything. Oh, okay. And then they paid the they paid the facility, and then at the end of working with the client, then the client paid me. Huh. 
yeah. But there was no postpartum, so I was free to do postpartum if, those, if they wanted postpartum. That was right. fine, too. So there is certainly benefit there to, I mean, it was a big chunk of money, but benefit there to the amount, to there being a cut going to an agency. You have an eight, you have a space to go to that yes. is, you know, it's a, you're not going to someone's house where they're, I, I like going to people's houses, yeah. too, but at the same time, sometimes there's a security issue, especially if it's a first meeting, mm-hmm. you don't know them, you don't know no. about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain level of security in going to a facility, which is just an in-between place for both people within a certain time frame. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. What would make a doula want to stay with an agency where there were those restrictions? What would an agency need to be for a doula in order for her to say, when someone comes to them, a client says, you know, we really want to continue working with you. What would make a doula want to say? No. No, not no. Just no, but agency. yes. Oh, great. You know, just get the link. I'll, I'll have uh, so-and-so, whatever, whoever oh, admin oh. is at the agency. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. I'll have the admin um, extend the contract and send you the link. Pay for it, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. I know what, for me. If I'm part owner of that agency, well, if I have a it? say in, uh-huh. the, in the policies and practices of the agency. So if it's more like a collective... <sighs> culture to the agency yeah maybe but i think also when you're talking about a new doula that doesn't have the experience as far as marketing a business goes mm-hmm. i mean i think for them giving up a lot like i've heard some doulas that have been around for a while have and have been with a particular agency and have had no problem giving up 40 percent. yeah and i'm it really like works for them because it works for them they get the money they want um, they don't have to put any effort into it whatsoever. The clients just come to them. And they just get to do the and work. And they just get to do the work. And I get yeah. that. And yes. I look, But I look at that and go, oh, shit, but that other 40%, that could have been mine. Like loyalty. Yes. If, you, if, if the agency owner builds a true relationship with the doulas in the agency, yes. that might be a deterrent too. Because... To leaving. And they see... Yeah, to, to taking extra work. They uh-huh. see the agency owner as somebody that cares about them, that yeah. they care about, and that they're all in this together. They see the hard work that the agency owner puts in in order to get those clients, and they couldn't in their own conscience take extra work yes. because it's taking away from that person. I but think to, that's it right But to there. threaten and to threaten litigation and it feels gross yeah. and it doesn't work. Because your your doulas don't have any loyalty to you. Yeah. Even though you are calling them and getting them work, they don't feel a connection, a connection between no. you and your doula agency. Yeah. So that's got to be... So unless you are part owner and you actually have a stake, a financial stake in the agency, the only other thing that's left is loyalty and connection, relationship. Um, so there you go. Sounds a lot like what we've been discussing in uh, our... Shannon oh, yeah. Wrecker thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Building that trust. No. Like, no, like trust. trust. No, like yeah. trust. Yeah. No, like trust. That's why you do personal things on social media, mm-hmm. even though it's a part of your business, because people want to know yeah. who you are. Who you are. They want to yeah. like you. Yeah. Like I always said that it, last week in mm-hmm. our marketing yeah. talk. Yeah. That my most engaged, the, mo- the most liked, the most commented on um, Instagram posts are. Every single one of them except one is a, um, like the, the, the top 12, they're all personal stuff. So people mm-hmm. do need to like, know, and trust you. And that extends not just to social media stuff, but if you are an agency owner, 
and you've just got this huge roster of doulas who you never reach out to, you never connect with, you don't have a relationship with, they're taking extra work. Oh, yeah. Of course they are. Just know that. Suck it up. <laughs> if you're not willing to do that extra step, then that's what's going to happen. It just is because I've been on the other side. Uh-huh. And yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't feel oppressive. It shouldn't feel controlling. It It shouldn't feel feel like you're working like a threat. Yeah, or fear. It should feel like you're working Mm, within a company, corporation, group who are trying to grow something great for you, um, for the community, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that I guess maybe having a really clear mission statement too would help with doulas. Like if I know I'm working with a company who wants to very specifically um, increase the wellness of families or impact doulas lives positively on their trip up mm-hmm. you know like even something as simple as i would say limiting your contracted time with an agency a year at a time where you get to check in once a year or once every six six months to say how are you feeling about the work here what can we do better for you mm-hmm. um yes well yeah and i mean wouldn't you that would be something that you would do with any organization you worked yeah. for yeah, you so your, your why leader, should, leader right why that's should an what agency it needs to be being a good leader yeah yeah i've worked for good bosses before when you think about if you if you ha- if you have I mean, some people have it but i i remember <laughs> one of my first like full-time jobs i worked at a daycare center and um the supervisor of the daycare center she i mean i was 19 and she was not that much older than me. She was like in her late 20s. And she was a supervisor at this daycare center. And she, she's to this day the best boss I've ever had. She was so in touch with every single one of us in that daycare. And she, when you told her things about yourself, she remembered. Mm-hmm. So if you said, oh, my mom's not feeling well, you know that two days later, she's going to ask you about your mom. Like genuinely ask you about your mom. Mm-hmm. And she was fair. Even shit that you did not like her telling you about, she presented it fairly. And if we were asked to go out there and talk about that daycare center, immediately she would come to mind. Yeah. Like she represented the company so well that it warmed your heart and you would never dare. If, even if you had something negative to say, you you felt so loyal that you wanted to protect. Yeah the daycare and her because you saw how hard she worked yeah. and you saw how much heart she put into it and how much she connected to every single person that but that's a being a good boss isn't that what richard branson says like people don't leave bad jobs they, they leave, leave bad, bad bosses managers. yeah yes yeah. the truth yes right. so that's the same thing mm-hmm. doulas are going to leave bad agency owners and that's where you you know that question of you know what's your turnover comes into play like mm-hmm. absolutely not that they have to be honest about that turnover but and listen the stool world is not so oh god it is so goddamn small that everybody fucking knows hear. everyone that's right so so <laughs> Think, thanks to facebook <laughs> they can ask you the a, a new doula coming to your agency can ask you agency owner what's your turnover and you can tell them what you want but they'll know yeah because mm-hmm. they're talking to other doulas out there and about what their experience was was working with your company. I mean, that's yeah. the first thing that happens. People go on. I'm thinking about working at XYZ. Does anybody have any feedback on that? Mm-hmm. And the feedback's either going to come amazing or shit. And you have to take it with a grain of salt, too. All yeah. Of it because well, yeah. everyone's carrying their, their own baggage. subjective experiences. And who knows? They might have been the toxic element and they need to. I get yeah. that. Yeah. Sure. There's always two sides to every story. So if there's a if that. it's toxic there is the toxic you or is it toxic is the toxic somebody yeah, else yeah and I, I know and I'll also say this as a doula of color 
if you have an agency and you are going to be hiring doulas of color, you need to look at what your, or if you're going to be hiring uh, queer doulas or any other doula who's marginalized in any way, you need to look at the way that you organize your business and how how your policies and procedures and how you run your business uh, impacts people who are marginalized in whatever way they are marginalized because that will make people leave too. Mm -hmm. That will make people run as far away from you as they can. And it's not that there aren't duels of color. Let me tell you that there's so many out there, but you stay away when you know, hmm. when you look (laughs) at how things are set up and how things look and how things are run, you're not, I'm not interested in working with those people. You just stay away. It's self-preservation. So make your doula agency feel safe for everybody because that's what you want. You want that place to be a safe place for people to come to where they know they can uh, be honest and and be working on things that are affecting them and that you're not going to be one of the people affecting them negatively. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. think about that. Um, What about collectives? Because it depends on the version of collective. So we were talking about... There's the collective that you mentioned, which is everyone is putting in a certain yeah. amount of effort to creating something. And I would say to a certain extent, people are putting in an effort with Toronto Doula Group type collective. It's just some people, it's like Kim, who receives all the emails and kind of vets out who'd be a good contact here or who's available and stuff like that. But, you know, financially putting in and checking in and being part of the group is acting in. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people, everyone has to put in, like what... What would be the, I don't know, Sam, what would ideal. be your ideal collective? Um, if you could build it. If I could build it. It really, would, it sounds a little bit like communism, I guess. <laughs> Everybody puts in whatever there is to put in. Suzanne the socialist. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> there, whatever is required to put in, we all put in together. And then we all benefit the same like that's 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 what I would like ideally so if, if let's say we decided to do some go to the baby show mm-hmm. let's say we divide that work up we divide the money up and we all do that if we get and then we I don't know how people in collectives divide up the actual clients mm-hmm. so if there's three people in a collective but only two clients come in then how do you there, there there'd have to be some way to make that equitable for everybody Mm -hmm. right we can't there's there's not always a way to to split it up equally and i tried to do that equity Mm -hmm. in the very beginning when we did this we i tried to do that where i had like a list of who you know who took what work and blah 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 and then it just became became too work intensive i'm like fuck it who's available because i at this point i don't care like i can't yeah, I can't manage that on my own. So if somebody in the collective were to say, "Okay, I'll manage that," they're doing. Yeah, you're you're shouldering that portion of work. Mm-hmm. Then there's got to be other work that you're going to shoulder, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to shoulder. Maybe I'm really good at writing press releases or grant mm-hmm. applications or finding venues for workshops or whatever. Maybe you're the yeah. one who actually runs the mm. workshop, but you're the one who sets up all the stuff whatever I don't know everybody's got their own gifts and their own talents and their own whatever but you find a way to divide the labor up so that it's equitable you find a way so therefore when it's time to divide up the profit it's fair it's not that you did this and you you did different things 
but both of those things were necessary in order for the collective to move forward. Kind of like That's, your co-op board that you sat on. Everyone yeah. had something they were responsible for doing in order right. for it to continue to run well. Yes. And for shit to get done. Yeah, and if one person falls down, we all kind of fall mm-hmm. down. We all have to put it in whatever my job is, I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever your job is, we've got to do it. And then the, the benefit is shared equally. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my idea. Also, support. That's the big piece for me, too. If you are a part of... I mean, agencies can do this, too, if you're, yeah. if you're smart and savvy and really want to stay in tune with your employees. But a collective would be all of us checking in and supporting each other, not just in, oh, I had a really hard birth last week, and this is what happened at this birth... But somebody else saying, well, I spoke to the insurance company and this is what they're saying. And what are we going to do about it? So you're not shouldering all the burden of your task. You're sharing with maybe you're doing it. But everybody is also supporting. I support you and what you have to do for the collective and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Support to me is a a big, huge part of what a collective would look like. So that's my dream. I think the big another big question that comes up for new, newer doulas coming out of the gate is um, backup. Mm-hmm. And in a collective and, and in an agency, mm-hmm. I think it looks a little bit different. It's almost like a personal agreement in a collective to kind of keep everyone else in the loop of where you are so that if you need a backup, you've got one. Mm-hmm. Whereas in an agency, if you if the agency books you to be the birth doula for this family, the agency is responsible if you're not, if you're at a different birth for providing the backup, yeah. so that is then off of your plate too because you, yeah. I mean, communicating it to the family that you're not available, yep, yeah. it would because you have the relationship with the family, mm-hmm. but that the agency actually holds the responsibility for getting that backup in place, making sure they are communicated to, and getting them to that birth. Mm-hmm. So it kind of you having to worry about having a backup in place is not your concern, mm-hmm. which is a huge one for a lot of doulas. Yeah. Especially when we deal with, you know, women. We have new doulas, too, that don't have the networking yet. That's right. To find a backup that works with them. Absolutely. And to, there's so much guilt. We're guilt people. Mm-hmm. We, we like, blossom that shit. We feed it. We let it grow. <laughs> and I, I think with developing the relationships in the community, in a collective is lovely it almost you there is no guilt to be had i would i would think or I, maybe i'm wrong in an agency where you know right from the very beginning that if you are not available based on the amount of clients that your agency has given you and that that's been communicated to the client mm-hmm. that there's a chance you won't be there and that you don't even you just have to go to the birth you're at and not worry about that other client the agency's going to take care of it that's a, that's a big burden to yeah. mm-hmm. to offset yes. or for for the agency to take on. Yeah. Well, you, so you sell you, your you're job. able to sell yourself better too when you know. Like I know when we do this, it's like when I lay out. You know, when you hire me, you also get my secondary. Yeah. And and I can say with all honesty that the the backups that I have are like me. They have the same ideas as me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get somebody completely different mm-hmm. when when you hire me if mm-hmm. I cannot attend that birth, which yes. is rare. But if I can't, mm-hmm. if something happens, then you are going to be well supported. And I can say that with the utmost, you know, 
truthness to it all because I know who my backups are and I know who I'm working with. And you get that from a collective, but you don't necessarily get that from an agency because right. if an agency has a large scope, yeah. you, you don't really have control over who the backup is. Yeah, a smart cool. agency owner, though, like you said, knows and connects yeah. with their doulas. And yeah. immediately when one person is available would intuitively be able to say, you know, Kim is always Stephanie's backup because you guys yeah. have the same values and the same similar ways of working. So mm -hmm. I would know. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense to do that because then now you as an agency look like you can put all the pieces together and you can make it all cohesive and whatnot. And it makes them go, yeah, you know what? I really liked the way they did this. I really liked mm -hmm. the way this happened. I felt like I was being cared for mm -hmm. by the agency as well as the doulas. So, yes, next baby, we're going to go back there. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And the doula would then also say if an agency owner runs an intuitive type business, a connection-based business, a people-based business, that she would then feel comfortable staying on because she knows the agency values sending in somebody right. who would connect with clients the same way, in a similar manner, because they've taken the time to get to know them. Like you said about your great boss, asked about those things. Yeah. And it holds with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you're not just, you're not an employee. This isn't the hierarchy. This is the relationship amongst everybody we've chosen to have here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not just on paper so it can happen in an agency if it's a what does Brene Brown call it a heart wholehearted business yes wholehearted life yes so yeah. it, it can happen I would say it might be less likely M maybe I'm wrong because doula based I don't know if someone is running a doula business who is a doula I would think that that would be Important. You would think. Wasn't there, wasn't, this was a couple years ago, wasn't there a doula-based business that was out there that was run by, like, two guys? Like, oh. that they were not, yeah, yeah, they didn't yeah. have I, anything I to do with the birthing I don't, world yeah, or something? I don't, I don't know if it's the same people, but they actually emailed me once, and they wanted to know if I wanted to work for them. They didn't even, they were not even in Canada. They no, have, yeah. They would just hook doulas up with people. yeah with expectant families from afar, yeah, and that's all. And then those people would pay them. So they wanted to get have a base of doulas in Toronto, a base of doulas yeah. in Chicago, a base of yeah. doulas in Montreal, whatever, that. so that when people come and talk. Yeah, I wonder what happened to them. I don't know. If you know, if you know. tell us. What because I think they contacted two? us, too. Yeah. 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 And, and I was, I was like, like what? Nah. No, I'm That good. sounds too weird. Also, no. they were paying garbage. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe if they if they had doubled that price, I would have been like, hmm. Yeah, and I mean at the time we had enough work to go yeah. around. Like it was, it was yeah. Like, no, I'm good. You just go do your little. Weird so that's thing. an example of a not wholehearted yeah, business because no. they not even interested in seeing my face. No. Mm -hmm. Never the, mind knowing my birth philosophies and blah yeah. blah blah. Nope, they're just gonna say call Suzanne in Toronto. Yeah, she lives X, you know, a radius of five kilometers away from yeah. you and whatever, and that's all they're interested in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, God love them. I mean, that's go for it. But I mean, something that looks good on idea. paper, but it's we're right. not interested. Yeah, yes, I, wonder, right? I wonder whatever happened to them. If you know, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. So yeah, so key points. What are the key point? points of of the benefits of an agency? For new doulas especially, it is or a I great say, way to get experience. Yeah. Or anybody who just doesn't want to do all of the extra work of running your own business. Because I'd say even later on in your yeah in your sure. career, sometimes you just get tired of the bullshit. Yeah. Fuck it. You just want to do the work. Can someone just send me to a fucking birth, please? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't want to do your paperwork. I don't want to mm, do all yeah. this shit. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be called. Say, Steph, here's a, you know, here's your client. Mm -hmm. They're due here. 
mm-hmm. sometimes simplifying too later in your in your career mm-hmm. could be beneficial i think yeah have someone else do all that shit especially i'd say someone really further along where they're not interested in the constant upkeep of websites and interaction and instagram and social connection and media mm-hmm. so, social media get or even getting out to shows and all that stuff they're just not interested in all the setup mm-hmm. and expense and mental emotional energy that has to all go the, into all it. of the strings and dangles that go along with being a business owner yeah Who the doesn't? murder board of being a business <laughs> owner the murder board of being a business owner <laughs> not everybody wants that they actually so you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be a doula if you want to join an agency right exactly you want to do birth then join find a place that's hiring doulas to do birth you do not have to have your own practice, or I like to call it my doula practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doula business sounds so official. Um, but if you're if you're not into that, then that's absolutely a, a really good option to look into. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There are I don't think there's enough. I don't think there are there's enough agencies to meet that to make that model as attractive enough. So they're, they're not big enough and they're not out there enough. So grow your I business think, and grow your agencies. I was going to say, I think there are the ones that are out there. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but my thought process is the ones that are out there, they're almost too big. So oh. we need to almost have a couple of more to have some better competition maybe. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about, you know, a good competition-based you know, so that doulas are getting paid better, um, that, you know, that there is more effort to make doulas stay and, and have this stuff. But if we have these, like, just a couple or two or three, yeah. you know, really big ones, there's no incentive for them to actually go that extra effort. Yeah, yeah. because right. my understanding that some of them now pay, um, one that reached out saying that uh, they're hiring again now, uh, said, you know, for birth doulas, we pay, um, it was like, $1,075 per birth. And I'm like, so you don't, that's what you pay, great. And you obviously charge something different because you have to run your center. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally get that. But for me, that wouldn't work working with an agency like that because I need to get paid an amount that that covers my but bills. You need to, yeah. yeah. So, it, and especially in the Toronto area, that's $1,500. Yeah. Like in order for the expenses, the parking. I know. I, I love, everyone knows. <laughs> parking, the gas, the stress. You know, working at Sunnybrook is kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's my flow. I know everybody there, all that stuff. You know, you kind of find the rhythm, just like mm-hmm. you guys do at St. Mike's. Um, but every time I'm leaving that place, I'm like, I'm cursing the parking. I'm like, been here four fucking hours and it's 36 fucking dollars because I went between two different time frames. Yes, that's yes. the thing. It was $40 yeah. one time at St. Yeah. Mike's because I went through because two different... Because you have to pay two maximum yeah. amounts. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have fucking money on me. I certainly didn't have $40. I didn't expect it to be that much. Mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Here's so. my credit card. I hope it goes through. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that, it's... a. Uh, it matters what your bottom line is as yeah. an individual doula, what the agency is charging, what they're taking, what they're charging, whatever. Yeah. Then you have to you? decide if, if it's worth it for you to do yeah. a birth for, um, like a full-fledged birth service package for hundreds of dollars less and than course, you would. Let's keep in mind that there's doulas that are probably listening to this that are in rural areas and things like that. They're going to fucking they're, drive. They're looking at, well, they're looking at $1,000 and going... Shit, what agency is that? Sign me up. 
So, you know, we get that there is... It's all relative yeah, to where, the, you, where you live. In Toronto, the average price is probably about 1500 mm-hmm. right? Is it? Yeah, we're not charging enough. What the hell? <laughs> we're, we're going to. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I actually would like to know from doulas who live in different... Besides Toronto, which is our main listener base, but if you live outside of Toronto, what... What are the rates in the place that you're living? Especially if you live outside of Canada. I'm yeah. interested to know, what are you charging? And how is that, you know, give us an example. Like compare that to something so that it can have like a really good idea. Yeah, I'd love what. to find out information from, say, I mean, we've gotten some stuff about the U.S. And I think I, we're having worked for CAPA, I think I know a lot about sort of the doula world world in mm-hmm. the US. Mm-hmm. But what about outside of the US and Canada? Are do we have listeners that I mean according to the stats we have Australian and UK listeners. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. Um so please email us and let us know. What is the doula world like? What are the what are the prices? What are what are your experiences? Do mm-hmm. you guys have agencies and whatnot mm-hmm. and collectives and things like that? Mm-hmm. What does your what does your landscape look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, that's, that's, that's our new tagline. <laughs> that's right. That's all I have to say it's about like, that. <laughs> I just watched Forrest Gump. That's why I said that. There you go. But I love when he, the way he says it, too. Laugh is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to take a break and then go pee and... Yes, yeah. ma'am. Okay, good, because I need to just get my collective shit together. I've had a headache for three Speaking fucking of days. Speaking collectives. Get my collective, collective shit, shit together. <laughs> um, and then we'll come back and we've got some vomit stories or a car story. Yay! Yay. All right. All right, we'll See be back. Soon. Go pee now. All right, we are back. We have, we are. We peed. We talked about penises. We listen. You don't want to know. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't record that. One. I want to know. Does anybody know? No, 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 come on. <laughs> What a dick do it. This is a family show. If you show. do, please write in and tell me the story about how you found out about what Sweet a dick do is. mother of God. Dick okay. do. Next. Okay. <laughs> so and, and by the way, it's not a toupee <laughs> on top of a penis. Yeah. I that Although mistake. that's a really good guess. Yeah. But that's not it. That's, all right. Yeah. All right. So we have a story. Okay. So we do. We have a story sent in by our lovely friend. friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast and former guest, Samantha Leeson. Who is the Who bomb? Is, she's the bomb. She, I think mean, she's the president of our fan club. Yeah. I think I, she is. Yeah. So, we should um, get her a shirt. I love we, her smile. We should. What? I she has the best smile right, ever. Right? Yeah. She's. It's vibrant. It's It's beautiful. It's bright. Yeah, everything like infectious. Yes. And it's infectious. Yeah. That's Sam. Okay? Now we know. And Ooh. now she's going to talk to us about vomit. Or... I'm going to talk to you on behalf of Sam about vomit because she, Sam listens and sent us her vomit and okay. car and what's that other one? There's uh, a story. Two car stories. So I'm going to read Sam's vomit story. It's kind of funny. It's entitled Vomit. <laughs> Simple. You asked for stories about vomit and well, I think I really only have one memorable vomit story. 
Well, most of us have more than one, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure if you dig deeper that you have yes. another one. I, myself, was about three months pregnant with my second child, and I got called to my client's home birth in Fergus, Ontario. This was an LLLC leader. LLLC stands for La Leche Lee Canada. This was an LLLC leader, as her mother had been, and we had a large common circle of friends, although we didn't get to know one another well until she became pregnant with her third child. During her pregnancy, we had spent time building a rapport and discussing the things she wanted and didn't want, liked and didn't like, etc. She advised me that she would likely vomit a number of times and it would be one of my responsibilities to hold the puke bucket for her and empty it quickly after she was sick because the smell of vomit would likely make her continue to be ill. How hard could that be, right? <laughs> Apparently too hard for my slippery fingers. Ew. Keep reading. <laughs> she was coping well and not vomiting as much as she had suggested she would until she got into transition. You know transition vomit? Oh, yeah. Well, it was fast and frequent. Her husband and I quickly created a system, and I was working brilliantly until I wasn't. This poor woman, the bucket flipped out of my hand, and she was suddenly wearing the vomit she so strongly advised that she was not interested in having around her. Now she smelled exactly like the one smell I was responsible for protecting her from. It's a very smelly doula fail. Oh. I probably don't have to tell you that I was mortified. Oh, shit, yeah. I quickly went about getting fresh clothes, cloths and towels, and did what I could to clean her up and off. Her older children were standing there watching, and likely thinking that even they would have been able to do a better puke bucket <laughs> swap with their dad than I had done. Afterwards, we all laughed about it, but I can tell you now, almost 19 years later, that whenever I see her... And the most recent was when her younger sister had a baby with me about four years ago. She, and this is in, air, this is in quotes, brings it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah. Get it? Get it? Did you see what she did there? She I, brought it up. Literally. I've seen her at LLLC meetings and gatherings as well as midwifery functions and more over the years. I will always be that person to her. And I guess I deserve it. P.S. Her third baby was born on my birthday. There you go. Yay. That's hilarious. That was lovely. I love that <coughs> straightforward vomit story. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Vomit's good. It is. What else? Sam has another story. Are yeah. we going to read that one too? We can absolutely read that one. Okay. It's only two pages, so. Okay. Do you want to read it? Um, sure. Where is it? it? It starts, starts here, here. Goes here. I am blind, people. I just was telling Kim I I'm bought loving those boxes. I need to I do go love and them. get... Yeah, aren't they nice? Purple yeah. with some tortoiseshell. But they're bigger, anything? like exactly. They're not like the little tiny. Oh, I hate ones. those ones. All right, yeah. this is a car story. I have already told you my best car story when I told you about my drive to Rochester to collect my cousin for her birth a couple of years ago. Right? Did she one. tell that on yep. the podcast? Yep. So yep. you guys have already heard that one. Yep. Well, Sam's got more for you. <laughs> I do have another car years, story. You should. Thank you. It isn't anywhere near as dramatic, and yet it is one I talk about in my prenatal classes almost every time I teach a class. One of the things that I tell every person who comes into my class is that I fully and completely believe that birth is as much mental as it is physical. It is. I say this, truthfully I say it repeatedly in my classes in some manner or other, because I think that all people are exposed to too much trauma talk when they are pregnant. 
They have birth stories dumped on them from family, friends, colleagues, and strangers, and most of them contain various descriptions about how painful, long, and arduous the process is. I actually believe that stories like that are shared because, for most birthing individuals, the horror of the experience is dulled and muted, sometimes even negated by the birth of their healthy baby. And I get that. The challenge is that for the pregnant person who has not yet been through labor and birth, any description of the journey that involves words that would otherwise be construed as negative in any other context serves only to build walls of fear and tension. Do we not agree with that? Absolutely. All of that precedes my car story, something of a preamble to explain why this event unfolded the way it did. I was working with a family that I had been with a couple of years before. They already had a gorgeous wee girl in their family, and the day had dawned for them to meet their son. I received the call early one late summer morning that my client thought her water had broken and that she was having contractions every four to five minutes. The midwives arrived shortly after I did. A vaginal exam revealed that her water had not broken, but she was five-plus centimeters dilated, and it was time to head to the hospital. I don't think the parents thought that things would unfold so quickly, and so Grandma hadn't even been called to come and hang out with Big Sister yet. At the same time, the midwives didn't want to wait for Mom to head to the hospital because it was her second baby and she was already moving along fairly swiftly. In spite of it being against the rules, I agreed to take her to the hospital in my car so that Dad and Big Sister could wait at home for Grandma. He followed behind us shortly afterwards. Mom appeared to be coping amazingly well, so I was somewhat taken aback when she turned to me and asked how I knew that relaxing and just letting it happen would make it feel less intense. I told her honestly that I didn't actually know that it would work for her, but that I had successfully used the technique myself and had witnessed many clients use the same strategy in the past so that I felt it would be unlikely that relaxation and surrender wouldn't allow her to move through labor more comfortably and easily. The look on her face, whenever I stopped at a red light and turned to look at her, was one of doubt and unlikelihood. I let her sit with that feeling for a couple of moments to see if she would let her mind be changed. And then, at another red light, I turned to her and asked, why not try it? What's the worst that will happen? Instead of tightening all of your muscles with each contraction and fighting it off, what if you just let your body take a deep breath? all of the way down to your toes and you surrendered in relaxation to what was happening. That's Sam's relaxation voice, by the way. (laughs) Okay, then you can go back to resisting each contraction. But what if I'm right and you miss the opportunity to try? I saw her look shift. This woman, who is a professional dancer and who is very used to telling her body what to do and what not to do, changed her mind and decided to try one contraction my way. She nodded once and turned away from me to look out the windshield again. As the light turned green, her next contraction came and I watched her let go of the seatbelt, sink into the seat, and I heard her take a long, slow, deep breath. Gone was the grunting and moans of fighting her contractions. Other than the sound of her breath, the car was silent. When the contraction ended, I turned to look at her. Her eyes were closed as her head lay against the headrest, and the lines of worry and discomfort were gone from her forehead. She wore a look of contentment. When we got to the hospital, the midwives met us at the doors and we guided her out of the car and into a wheelchair. Mom never opened her eyes. She was wheeled into her room and by that time I had parked my car and was with her again. We helped her change into more relaxed clothes and she climbed on the bed and lay down. She held my hand and just listened to the music in the background. She was so quiet, in fact, 
that we actually heard the pop of her water breaking as wow. her son's head was crowning. Up until that point, we didn't know she was fully dilated and ready for pushing. Her baby was born almost immediately after that, and only a couple of hours from when we had arrived at the hospital. Afterwards, she looked at me and simply said, You were right. It does work. Is that it? Yep. Is that it? <laughs> Thank you, so, Sam. That lovely car ride on the way to the hospital. I love that story. That's what did it. Yeah. Very beautiful. And I Ooh. liked how she put that. What? Like, what, just, just try. Yep. Just surrender. Well, you know, what What's can, the worst what can thing it that can hurt? Happen? Yes, just do it. I, I may actually use that terminology the, at the next birth I'm at. Yeah. Because, I mean, I constantly say, you know, just let it go, just relax. And it's very hard. You say it, but it's very hard to actually do, do it. it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're like, no, I can't do it because if I do, then I'm going to die. And mm-hmm. it's like, but what if you don't? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> go back to tensing cool. up with the next contraction. Yeah, absolutely. You can go right Thank you, Sam Leeson. We are learning so much from Sam. So much. And um, we should probably have her on again just for the sake of having her on. Yeah. Just to see that smile. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Um, We appreciate it very, very much. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We have a Facebook page now. Oh, yes. Yep, the Pragmatic Doula's Facebook page. It's yes. a business page. Mm-hmm. Um, but on it is a link to our emails. You can email us your stuff. There's an email on our Instagram mm-hmm. you know, page that you can mm-hmm. just link. You don't even have to go into your email and actually type it in. These are buttons that you can press. Just to press s- the button. Just to press. send Use us Use your what, fingers. Yep. Send us your stuff. Send That's us why your you have stories. fingers. So you can type stories to us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So, Jesus Christ. That was from Stephanie. Five goddamn seconds. Good morning. Fuck. (laughs) Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How's your mother? (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye.